Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Hey, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and this is our weekly podcast. So we are in a series called Genesis. Everything hinges on this book for the month of January. And I had so much information yesterday that I just wasn't able to present at all. But I really wanted to close out the third and final point of the message. I referred to it uh, in the sermon on Sunday. If you get to watch the sermon, it'll be uh, on the Journey app. It's Genesis part two. But this is the third part of that message. This is point number three. And I generally preach in three-point sermon just because, you know, it's a Greek rhetorical device where people tend to remember three things. So I kind of stick with that format for the most part. So when I get to the third point, it's usually at the end of the sermon. I got about 40 minutes to preach, and I usually spend a bulk of the time on points one and two. But the third point I I wanted to get to yesterday, I didn't uh, have time to go too deep into it, but I wanted to give a little bit more information about it today. And the third point was this, the first promise of the Messiah was in God's plan from the beginning. Now, that is an interesting uh, concept that God was not only um, thinking about his relationship with mankind before creation, but that he was also planning uh, to come to earth himself in physical form. That is mind-blowing, that sometimes in eternity past, We don't have a timeline because God is eternal, but we do know from the scripture that God was planning on coming to earth in physical form before he made the earth. Now, there's a lot of mystery concerning that doctrine, and I don't pretend to know all the answers, but it is an intriguing adventure to go through. So let me give you the very first prophecy Uh, after the fall, that God was coming to earth. So this is in Genesis 3.14. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and beasts of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And here's the prophecy, the very first prophecy of the Messiah He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That's considered the very first time the Bible prophesies the coming of Christ to earth, that God said that the seed of the woman will crush your head, and you will bruise his foot, thus referring to the cross and the suffering that Jesus had as he gave his life for the world. Only the true God could pay the penalty for all the sin in humanity. Only the true God himself could lift that burden. And that's why God came in the flesh and he bore our pain and suffering. I read a book probably 25 years ago that I still keep on my bookshelf to this day. Uh, the author is Hannah Hernard, and she wrote a book that's called Hind's Feet on High Places. And it's, a, it's an allegorical study of pain and suffering. And I think pain and suffering is 
now and always will be part of the human condition. All of us, in some form or fashion, suffer. And we should not go seeking out suffering or trying to suffer because suffering will come to you. But I think in our theology, having it make sense sometimes is a struggle. Why would God allow me to feel pain and suffering? And then why would God allow Jesus to feel pain and suffering? In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, there's a, uh, there's a mention of this uh, by the writer in Hebrews. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Verse 10, for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation, and listen to this last phrase, perfect through suffering. Now, I do not for a moment pretend to understand the equation of suffering in the human experience, but I know beyond a doubt that pain and suffering is part of the human experience. And we get a glimpse right there in why God allows it to help make us perfect through suffering. So the Creator knew before the foundation of the world that you and I would need a Savior and that we would not be able to bear our suffering alone. So he came to earth to bear our pain and suffering with us, to take our shame and sin upon himself so that you and I could be free from it. And thus, having crossed the finish line, we can enter into eternal life with the almighty creator of the universe. That is the ultimate goal, is God's fellowship with his creation. You and God being in a perfect relationship. Now, back to before the beginning. So God, in his infinite knowledge, in his pre-existing condition, he's always been God, always will be God, is God. He, he knows everything. He has all power. And all of those attributes of the Almighty, he knew before he created the universe that he was coming to visit in the flesh. Now look at verse 13, I mean, uh, verse 8 of chapter 13 in the book of Revelations. This is from the New King James. And the writer said, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. And listen to this descriptive phrase, slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Now, we know that Jesus died on the cross about 2,000 years ago and that there were thousands of years of human history before Christ came. But John in Revelations refers to the moment before creation, before time and space and matter existed. God was already thinking about the conclusion of his relationship building 
season with you, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I think it was with great cost to the creator of the universe in order for you to be made in his image and given a free will. It was great personal cost that was paid in advance by the creator of the universe. He's had you in mind since before the foundation of the world. Now, if that was just the one verse that mentions that, we may be able to put it on a shelf and say, well, I'm not sure what the writer meant by that. Don't have the full revelation. But the fact is there are 14 other verses that mentions events before the foundation of the world. And we know the Bible is full of descriptive events that will happen after this world concludes. I mean, human history is less than 10,000 years old. I know evolutionists want us to believe that it's 4 billion years old. But we know because of written records uh, that human history started about less than 10,000 years ago. Those are the earliest known documents that trace human history. Everything else is a guess. So if we have about 10,000 years of human history that's sandwiched in between eternity past and eternity future, then these 10,000 years must hold a tremendous amount of significance. What is the Almighty doing in this compressed part of his eternal existence? Remember, God exists outside of time and space. You know, God is a spirit. He always was and always will be. But in his wisdom, he created time and space for you and I to exist in so that he in this world could develop people that would be capable of a real authentic relationship with him. What if that is the very purpose of creation and the universe is that God was creating an opportunity to have a relationship with you? I think it is. Now, those 14 other verses, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So Paul mentions it to the church in Ephesus. Matthew chapter 25, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's the words of Jesus in Matthew 25. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul mentions it again in his letter to the church in Ephesus. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God, in his uh, everlasting knowledge, knew what was coming in this world. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Peter wrote this, the apostle that Jesus uh, left the church to uh, in the book of Acts. He said, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus through the foreknowledge of God. Before this world existed, God knew 
what would happen. First Peter chapter one, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for you. So God is revealing his hand that he's been active in your creation since before the foundation of the world. Another example, Revelations 13 and 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Revelation 17 and 8. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Matthew also 1335 that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things that kept secret from the foundation of the world. So Jesus came to reveal the secrets that were held since before creation. John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved, you have loved me before the foundation of the world. And the list goes on and on and on. Second Timothy 1, 9, Hebrews 4 and 3, Hebrews 9, 26, Acts 15 and 18, he, uh, Ephesians 2 and 11, 14 different times in the New Testament the authors of these letters mentioned God's activity before the foundation of the world. You see, the story that I wanted to focus on is simply this one, is that God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. He's been thinking about this relationship with you since before the foundation of the world. Let's pursue an authentic relationship with the Creator of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, that's the story that I did get to tell last Sunday. Uh, this is Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, we have a weekly podcast right here. We'd love for you to join us every week as we tell stories uh, that we didn't get to last Sunday. You can also check us out on the web. If you want to know more about us, jf.church. Have it done so already? Download the Journey app. It's free from your app store. It is loaded with resources to help you in your journey of faith. Also, you can join us live in the main auditorium on Sundays at 10 o'clock in Slidell, Louisiana. If you don't live nearby, join us on the online campus, jf.church or on the Journey Fellowship Church app. We'd love to get to know you. Doug McAllister for our Journey Fellowship Church, and this has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday.